Hello and welcome to Crystal Core Radio. I'm your host, Brian, joining me in my co-host position, Chris, and welcoming technically for the first time as our first collab ever basically turned into a mini podcast. The number one feedback we got was this should have been a podcast or could you make it longer? We're happy to welcome Lucron back onto the channel. Dude, it's been too long. We've been constantly in contact, namely because we've been checking in on your story progression. Uh, today's podcast, not going to be a spoiler, you know, spoilery, but we will get some thoughts on N Walker. We're going to get some, uh, you know, just updates on what Lucron has been up to. But before I kind of just make a longer than necessary intro, Lucron, why don't you introduce yourself to those who don't know you and should be following you? Uh, hey, uh, I am a the uh, that one guy who made that one first impressions video that kind of blew up before the whole giant freaking wow exodus that, that started happening for some reason. Well, actually, I know the reason. But yeah, I'm that guy <laughs> and who I also made like one other video, first impressions. And then I just kind of took a long time doing a re really, really slowly done MSQ playthrough of Shadowbringers. Um, I, I, I mostly spend a lot of time in the editor trying to make it like as brushed up as I can. And I do little fancy intros and outros for for those. So if you don't really actually care much for the playthroughs, I do have little bits there. Yeah. Hi, I'm Lucron. <laughs> hey, hey, Lucron. Uh, we go in to say some thanks to uh, for people supporting the podcast itself. So, guys, if you are over here on Ginger Gaming Radio, uh, Viren, WG Productions, and Keelan have joined the podcast Legends, and they are helping to fund the show as well as Luke for his generous donation, helping to cover the cost of the podcast hosting and so much more. So thank you guys making this a reality and a possibility. But all of the thanks being aside, uh, today's show is going to be focusing on a couple things. I want to talk with Lucron. We want to get some updated thoughts, you know, about his Shadowbringers experience. Uh, you know, obviously he was a part of this earlier wave. He was, uh, he, I guess you could call him a pioneer. And in terms of his uh, editing of videos, if you guys aren't following his channel, his link is in the description of these videos, of these podcasts. Be sure to go give him a follow. You will find something incredible over there with this content i really have been enjoying watching it but beyond uh that plug lucron how have you been man like where are you currently in the story uh without without spoiling it spoiling it um i'm somewhere in i think midway through the level 79 segment uh roughly of shadow ringers uh i don't know how much else i can say about that without spoiling because no. i yeah. am kind of intense about that <laughs> So you're, you're almost done with 5.0, and right. then you would have I one, hope so. two, three, four, five. <laughs> well, right. yeah, I do I do have different plans for when I get to those because right now with this current method of recording I'm doing, I am keeping roughly in pace with my uh YouTube progress in terms of my actual in-game progress. So I'm not recording way ahead, like super far ahead, uh, in order for me to uh, uh well, in order for me to accumulate a backlog to edit through later. I, I, that is what I should be doing, but what I am doing now <laughs> is a uh, a little bit more masochistic, uh, being that uh, I am going. I'm very. Uh, how how can, how can I ex explain it? It's kind of like I'm trying to figure out what outside life is like by swimming to the middle of the ocean and living on an island, just to figure out what it's like being outside. Um, hmm. So I kind of took it to the extreme a bit in being that a uh, I've strongly secluded myself from a lot 
of things, like especially the Final Fantasy XIV community, for the sake of being anti-spoilers. So this whole time, while I'm taking my sweet freaking slow time uh, trying to get through this MSQ and then editing this stuff uh, during these uh, quote-unquote breaks, I'm not really taking a break. I'm just sitting there trying to edit these videos for way longer than necessary. I'm just sitting there usually very secluded off. Like if I am in game, I'm off by some mining node or some tree. Like I've been heavily deforesting uh, some some lands for some time for the sake of gill making, I guess. Um, but uh, that's usually what most of my gameplay is like nowadays, just sitting out off half AFK, alt tabbed for a good portion of the day uh, and just editing on the side and trying to expedite that as much as I can. But I say that, but my perfectionist side of me keeps kicking in and I keep taking way longer than than I want to, uh, essentially. So with that said, that means I don't really know uh, a whole lot of the Final Fantasy XIV community in general. Like, you folks are, like, I think the only people I've ever interacted with uh, in terms of the content creator side of things. And he's come and, back. Uh, so it has damage. Yeah. We're wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> don't meet anyone else. They're definitely not better than us. No. <laughs> oh. Half truths and lies. Half tr- half truths and lies. I tell you. Uh, oh man, um, that is so fascinating. You're like this, like almost like this unspoiled like environment. Like from a scientist, you know, perspective. Like we've discovered this island where everything has evolved differently, and you have no knowledge of like all of this other stuff. It, you're oh my gosh, you're 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 perfect. Guys, we found him. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm basically, yeah, I am living in an uncontrolled environment, and anyone peering through, they just see like a gremlin out in the woods. And I'm just like, ah, ah, <laughs> just looking back at him. Oh, that's freaking um, hilarious! But you should yeah, be able to catch um, up I, in Endwalker, though. You should be like Endwalker won't last long enough that you can't catch up. That's going to well, be a big change. I, I hope to be able to catch up to the MSQ by N Walker at least dropping because I would. There's a lot of things I wanted to do in Shadowbringers, but considering the pace I'm going now, um, I may not experience anything that Shadowbringers like Endgame at all has to offer because of how freaking slow it is. And I've been doing this for what was it? I think it's nine months, ten months, basically a year yeah. of me living this way. Uh, so I've, and even on the YouTube side of things, I don't watch Final Fantasy 14, uh, uh, content on YouTube because I know how hectic and insane the, uh, YouTube, uh, recommendation bots mm-hmm. are. Yep. And some people put in some spoilers in the thumbnails and, or the titles. And because of that precaution is, is a rather huge factor as to what, as to my feeling of seclusion from the Final Fantasy 14 community because I do like consuming content in the game that I enjoy, but because I know how spoilers are and because of the nature of MMO and everyone's at the end goal and I'm sitting there just crawling through the uh, the whole race there, um, I, I'm kind of not been able to really see what people have been really up to as much as I would like. Um, but I do ch- plan to change that whole uh, process of things. Uh, after 5.0 is finished, because once I get done with 5.0, then I'll probably do that other method of keeping on playing all the way to the end uh, before focusing hard on the uh, YouTube videos. So that way I can actually enjoy the game with everyone else, because I have missed a lot of opportunities um, uh, playing the way I have. <laughs> the It's interesting. Like, How long does it take you right now, would you say, to release one of your videos? Uh, roughly a week if I'm doing pretty all right with speed 
Um, but every now, every now and then it's a little over a week and sometimes two weeks. Uh, but the last time I, the last time that was, that happened, fortunately was when I decided to write a custom piece of music for the intro and decided <laughs> to go a little ham on that. Um, and, uh, that I, considering the last time I wrote a piece of music, t- uh, took me, uh, before that was like six months and I did that within a week. No, yeah, it was roughly like half a week. I feel kind of proud of that because holy heck, <laughs> that's a huge jump in speed. But yeah, hopefully they only la- take like a week at a time. And I do want to get it to two weeks. Uh, no, not two weeks. Uh, two uploads a week. But I, I, I've been trying for that for so long and I have not been able to do that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Dude. One day. One day. Now, Chris, you've had some uh, experience with spoiling things in, uh, in, in titles and thumbnails. <laughs> Do you want to weigh in on some of the lessons that we've learned over the course of our time on YouTube? Yeah, there was a... So we were putting out day one guides. Um, I played the game for all of the brilliant content that exists outside of the story, which is actually the majority of our playtime, but it is not the majority of what the community focuses on. And so as a result, I, I enjoyed making content for the community. So we would make day one guides. But day one guides... Brian and I would wake up and wait for the servers to go live. So we're up at some freakish hour. We yeah, would play the like content three or four. two times through um, while in voice chat with each other. So we could kind of make sure that we're making call outs and stuff so that we're getting as much vision as possible. So I'd be a tank, he'd be a healer. So we get instant queue times and we have two very different but valid viewpoints of the content. Um, and then we would divide it up. And so like I got a trial fight. Uh, Fluminous, I think is the is the the name. Um, and I and then we go into the editing booth and basically I chop the video up into all of its mechanics in order that we called out. Uh, and then I record a voiceover in real time. I play it and that takes me a couple of playthroughs to get it right without any hiccups. I don't have time for a script. And then I and then I export it. And I generate the thumbnail. I pre-write the descriptions, the tags, and all that in a text document because I don't yet have that up on the YouTube side. So that as soon as it's done exporting, I upload it, copy paste, copy paste, copy paste, upload the thumbnail, push it, and then I go to work. And so that was all happening so that I could be at work on time in the mornings. Um, so it's very, very, very rapid. And that's so that people that want to run it on day one but hate running things blind have a guide out there. Uh, and we regularly got thank yous for those. Wow. I at the time, didn't see the difference between naming something after a boss or naming it after the instance name. And there's a reason that the instance names are the way they are. The instance names are incredibly vague. Fluminous means nothing. It's a made up word. The boss inside of Fluminous does matter. Uh, And so we got (laughs) a wave of hate. Um, Because the other thing I did is I grabbed the boss image to put in the thumbnail because it's a sweet looking boss. Um, and I was like, well, people are going to want to know what they're looking for. So I just threw that up. So everybody's notifications went out and they got told who the boss was and shown the boss. Now, for without me even clicking on the video, without yeah. even clicking, that was just in people's feeds. Now, at the time, Brian and I were publishing anywhere between two and five times a day. And so because of the way the YouTube algorithm works, if you can maintain a production schedule of five times a day and it's not just total garbage going out, um, you once somebody watches one of your videos one time, whether or not they subscribe, 
the algorithm, how it worked then, it's an ever-changing thing, but the algorithm, how it worked then would be like, hey, you like this person's videos? Do you like all of their videos? And so there were oh. people who said like, I watched one of your videos one time, and then you're like 18 out of my top 20 videos being shown in my home screen. Like, what the heck? Like, you guys wow. are fine. I don't want that much of Brian and Chris, yeah. which is one of the many <laughs> reasons we split into multiple channels so that people have more control over what aspects of what we publish they get attached to because of the way the algorithm works so it's let us kind of section it so they're like i don't care about genshin impact or wow like i just want 14 great we have a way that you can subscribe to just that because we now have underneath our umbrella like nine or ten youtube channels yes so just divvied it up yeah all these new uh people coming over from twitch being on the youtube train it's like yeah you were a pioneer we were a pioneer Nobody gives us credit. No respect. No respect at all. <laughs> and so, so yes. Yeah, so I did accidentally spoil the boss. Um, I fixed it. We replaced the thumbnail, replaced the title. Learned a lesson. Yeah. Learned a lesson. Um, pinned an apology at the top of the comments for all the people that, so that all the comments that are like, I still saw it this way. I'm aware. Uh, and then just do, and then like the best apology is, the best apology is not to like stop and dwell on it. The best apology is to, acknowledge it, clarify to make sure you understand how you correct it, correct it, and then just don't do it again. Like that's the best apology in my opinion. So you just, just fix it. Uh, and so from that point forward, we always use quest names or uh, instance names that they are revealing like in the live letter, in the patch notes, because this is pre-screened by uh, Final Fantasy. And so we just trust Yoshi and his team to not make something too spoilery. And if it is, they spoiled it. So uh, we'll just mm. copy them. And then what I was trying to avoid is I didn't want my thumbnail to look like everybody else's because everybody else is using the art revealed in the patch notes. And so that became the harder part is how do you handle uh. a thumbnail so that it is on theme, but is not revealing. And so that is where um, you end up just using cool concept art for a related zone or something like that. And then like, that's the hardest part is because you do want to show the boss, but you can't show the boss because the boss is all that really matters. Um, so every once in a while I get like a good <laughs> screenshot of the arena or something, or I get something that like in my mind still keeps it like the arena isn't spoilery until you already know what it is. If you haven't seen it, you don't know what you're looking at. So like, I, I don't know. That's the harder part. Yeah. We've seen that mm -hmm. feedback coming from time to time. It's like, Oh, you showed the boss in the, in the actual footage. Um, <laughs> oh, uh, that I know that I can't honor. I can't, well, I can't. no. Yeah. <laughs> but I like, literally like, to the point where without the boss in the, in the footage, you could, <laughs> but then you'd be like Lucron two weeks does. later when nobody June needs boss it comes out 15 weeks later, but yes, June Bob makes guides without the boss. They're fully. Animated. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a bit of a I'm visual learner and if I'm, if I'm going to go learn like a boss fight, I do want to see what it is. Cause if I don't actually like see what's going on, like I understand that point, but it is an interesting thing to think about uh, in terms of like thumbnail conventions in turn, if you're making a guide, because if, if it's all about the boss, then it makes sense to have the boss in there. But me, I, I, it's weird because in what, what of Warcraft, I didn't think this was nearly as big of an issue because I don't think many as I know there's uh, people uh, believe the, uh, people get really interested in World of Warcraft story. I was as well. Uh, for me personally, I just, I, th I thought it ended at, at Legion. Uh, if you ask me, everything afterwards just kind of felt like a fan fiction. Um, but I was really invested in the story up until that point. Um, and I, I don't really recall seeing a whole lot of uh, people in, in like uh, in the raid guides in terms of comments. I, I didn't notice hardly any of them really right. uh, talking about like spoil, like spoilers being a huge deal, but it is, 
very much a huge deal here because probably very. because of how strong the uh how strong established and connected all the story is in this game i've noticed uh there's there are a lot of strings that are attached to places what that surprised me like to this day like in world of warcraft i kind of got used to uh just being able to just kind of stop caring about a character because the dev team would stop caring about the character because <laughs> i then they wouldn't ha have too much uh, progression afterwards here it seems like everyone seems to have a, a decently fair uh like show and their own little story so it seems so it is interesting to hear all the uh difficulties in terms of regarding that now as for the footage stuff i'm kind of with you if you're going to look for a guide about a boss fight uh, it's yeah you, 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 here's I would like picture so, go ahead so the person i picture for a normal piece of content for savage i want a guide before i go in because i don't want to waste anybody else's time i'm not in a world first group but for non-savage, they actually make the content largely teach it to you. So I kind of want to experience it blind. But imagine that Brian and I are running it blind and we just run into a wall. We don't, especially early in an expansion. We don't have the gear. We don't know what we're doing. I don't have time to sit here and prog this. There's a mechanic that we don't know what it's doing. I want to go look up at the guide at that point. So I picture somebody who went in blind, ran into a wall, the group disbanded, and then they don't want to have that experience again. So they go out to Google. What are they going to type in? They're going to type in the boss name. They're going to be looking for the boss name in the thumbnail. So that's how I got to that conclusion is I assumed I was talking to somebody that in many cases has already seen the boss. Um, and so like, I don't want to hide from that person, but at the same time, my title, and my thumbnail are public. And so like, I don't also want to reveal that. So how do you do that when it comes to MSQ? Because somebody who wants to see the reaction to a particular piece of MSQ, that was really meaningful to me. Luke runs making all this stuff. You know, maybe I don't have time to watch his entire playthrough of MSQ because that is as long as MSQ. But how do I how do I go catch the moment that meant a lot to me? I want to see what Luke Run did with that one moment. How do you handle titles, descriptions, thumbnails so they're not spoilery, but so that somebody who knows has the ability to go back and kind of find something in your content? Well, I feel like I'm not really the greatest person in terms of overall identifiers because my titles are rather vague uh, unless they actually get to like a dungeon or a trial because I just flat out just put out that name as at the beginning. Um, but in terms of a, uh, like everything else in the during the story, I have some type of one word uh, description of these things. Like I remember one being vigor, another being a uh, loyalty and whatnot. And it's basically a one word synopsis of the overall vibe of the story in that particular segment. And yes, I do end up having to look up quite a few synonyms and definitions because I'm not smart enough to come up with all these myself, like on the spot. But even me personally, I still don't really remember the names of some of my videos. So, and someone did, I did read someone, uh, someone's comment mentioning I should probably probably put numbers on them too, so I can, uh, so they can identify where that is in the overall playthrough. And I really should get to that. Um, uh, but uh, that, but in terms of the big moments, uh, well, in terms of the thumbnails, when it didn't include the trials and the dungeons well actually even the dungeons were kind of a little bit on the vague side i tried to make sure not to include any of the main characters i tried to keep all the main characters like excluded and i only include side characters uh i don't think that's like the the best th thumbnail thing because people will see them and they're like what what's this and that's kind of the <laughs> point um because if you don't remember or what this was uh then good <laughs> um, uh, because if you if you recognize them from somewhere earlier and you're not there in the MSQ yet, 
uh, if, like if you recognize him, uh, that could be spoilery uh, because my in, my ex- particular in- instance with the uh, Shadowbringers trailer, uh, when I watched that back when I was level thir- 28, 30 uh, in Realm Reborn, uh, there's a lot of big plot moments that kind of got strongly nullified uh, all the way even through the end of Stormblood. Uh, there is a whole bunch of things that were just kind of a little ruined for me because I saw that trailer. Um, which is why I'm also a big advocate of not watching like the future expansion trailers until you actually complete the, ex- the the whole MSQ of that expansion. So with that said, that also means I have not seen the Endwalker trailer out of concern that I, I'll see people. Good choice. Yeah. <laughs> so what's the threshold? So like, let's keep it to some early ARR characters so that anybody with like two hours of playtime isn't shocked by this. Like, let's say that we have like a disheveled traveler, like an NPC who doesn't even get a name. And then we have like Baderon or one of these like adventure guild type quest givers that you see a lot and then right very early on, but they're not like with you. And then you have like one of the scions where so like you're not going to put one of the scions in your thumbnail. Clearly you would put the NPC, but like where's the threshold? Like are quest givers that we see more than one time, but don't ever like go with us early on? Like, like how... Where's the threshold there? I try to include whoever's kind of new, like someone who's introduced and someone new in the story in the pace of things. I try not to repeat them too often. Um, actually, I don't think I've ever repeated uh, someone in the thumbnail. Now I think about it. Yeah, I th- just about any, everyone that's kind of that kind of new pro- that props out in the story. I kind of have them be the focus instead of the main character because uh, there are there are some plot points uh, that could be ruined if you include the main character after certain thresholds. Like early early on in A Realm Reborn, though, I do think it's still it's all right to include the main characters of the story because you haven't had a lot of time to establish them. But uh, in particular, uh, like go- keeping up with the uh, someone new concept, like when you first see the scions, uh, uh, when you j- first get introduced to them, uh, you can just uh, put them in the thumbnail because it's the first time you see them like to your knowledge they're new you don't see like this is the first you don't time know you they're important them. but as they become important yeah. they become off limits but they wouldn't matter because you're not repeating them anyway yeah basically basically just include whoever's new and in terms of trials hmm, i haven't done the best job with that now that i think about it <laughs> hmm. <laughs> uh, that that is a tricky one Oh, that is a tricky one. Yeah, it's I might tough. need to rethink my. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm feeling your. your it matters your, less your... because you're doing it years in the future. But like yeah, we were doing is... it day and date, so there's people who haven't even updated their client, and I've already put a thumbnail on their face. So like, you making the exact same thumbnail when you get to Flemish that I made is very different. You doing it now. That's than true. Me doing it I... day and date. Um, I still want to kind of prepare for the, like, on the off chance I am actually on time with things. Um, <laughs> I would like to uh, make, I would like to be able to be in the mindset of making non spoiler thumbnails. And now that I think about the trials, that is definitely something I'm going to have to think about. And how tough. I'm going to. Wow does a better tackle. job, right? Because, like, Ice Ground Citadel is beautiful on its own without showing a boss. Yes. So for the fact that it's much. not, it's okay to spoil. In WoW, you can just put Denathrius right on the thumbnail for Castle Nathria. That's insanely spoilery. That is the final yeah. boss. We've already met them in the story leading up to then. 
and like you don't know that they're a villain when you meet them and they are the final boss of Nathria and the WoW community by and large does not give two craps and they call it Denathrius. Like <laughs> they don't care. And yet like yeah. you could have put Castle Nathria as your thumbnail and numbered the boss, final boss in, in 14, it would have been given an encounter name. Uh, and so, you know, maybe it would have been, you know, the final Lord or something like that, or Lord of Nathria. And you wouldn't have known that it's Denathrius and it would have been this huge reveal moment. Um, mm. But it doesn't matter. Like, so it's ironic that WoW has a more cinematic location as opposed to 14. They're always like these round arenas. We don't ever like see ourselves like walking into them with very rare, like, like Orbon Monastery is one that jumps out to me as one that they gave us a lot of artwork mm -hmm. that was really beautiful that set a tone prior to stepping inside. But for a lot of these trial fights, like, like when you think about the, the fights in um, Shadowbringers or Stormblood, those trial fights, I don't, I don't think of any iconic location image geographic image that i could use instead of the boss image you just kind of like do the quest talk to the blue glowy thing and in you go that's true that is quite true it is very much more character based and not like where it's mm -hmm. at that is interesting mm -hmm. i think a and lot how of would it... you make oh good oh i thought i was just gonna repeat how would you make like an appealing thumbnail without including the and quickly, because you're talking about day one. So you're not talking about somebody who has time yeah. to like, oh, I'm going to sit and I'm going to draw this. Like, no, no, it's That's true. Go. There's people that want the guide now. So like you're wanting to use images that are either taken from screenshots in game, produced um, and publicly posted by Square Enix. Like these are images that are available either in patch notes, um, in live letters or with in-game footage. So it's got to be something quick. And like just a picture of a capital city doesn't do anything. Like old dog. Okay, that doesn't tell me anything. <laughs> that that is true. In terms of like thumbnail appealing and how accurate it is. Because that's what you yeah. want. You want it to be accurate. Yeah. You want it to describe what the video contains. It can't just be like, because oh, I found a pretty picture of a sunset. It doesn't tell me anything. Yeah, because I, I, I get it. You want to get like the thumbnail is like arguably one of the most important things for like people to click on videos and whatnot. Uh, so if it's like, like you said, a video of a sunset and the content matter is like the darkest son of a gun thing ever. Um, uh, it's really misleading. Um, like you could do that in t uh, intentionally if you want to be one of those like horror type things. Uh, but that, that, that's an unrelated topic, but <laughs> that is a very interesting pr problem to have. You could go for with a basic, um, maybe a certain like consistent overlay style, like instead of showing, the names you can have like a stylistic text uh just like stating that this is this is the boss without like saying the boss name uh and just have like uh like guide like just a got like a, a guide for like or day one guide for the the uh the first second third fourth or what like if it's an array it could be first boss second boss third boss fourth boss could be could be one of that those helps. yes the fact that the community has named things E1, E2, E3 gives us yeah. a spoiler-free naming convention that we have set up for ourselves that, like, I'm thinking of running E12S for the first time next week, and I can tell you that, and you're not in that it's level of content at all. yet. Yeah. And it tells yeah. you nothing. nothing. And even if you know yes. what E stands for, it doesn't tell you anything because it's the name of the whole quest line, which are these big, vague names that, like, make more sense as you go. And so they really don't tell you anything what's been really interesting to yeah. see overall like about this conversation specifically is that 
as the game has evolved, even Yoshi P and Square Enix's own team has become less and less spoiler spoilery with their trailers and what they choose to show as a part of their hype videos, with some rare exception. I remember probably when some comments. <laughs> probably. <laughs> hey, Yoshi P, calm down. Um, but we've seen even where that like he's let a couple things drop. Like I remember we were at like E3. I'm not gonna repeat it uh, in case anybody's not there, but he says something about Shadowbringers. And everybody was like, holy crap. And he's like, oh, I mean, the reason we decided to share that was in the context of the expansion, that's a nothing burger. But it, for us at the time prior to playing Shadowbringers, it was like, oh. it was so game changing. It was like, what? Are you kidding me? Like so many questions are coming out of my head right now. I remember I, I, we posted the, those videos. It was just so exciting. And then, and then you play Shadowbringers. You're like, oh, he was right. There was so much, so much more to it. Um, I do want to kind of pivot to furry here, uh, in this case saying, uh, 14 does a better job with the story than wow does. I can't speak to that. So I'd like to see what you guys as the wow players here, uh, say, because my, my impression is, is that wow didn't start like 14 starts with the focus and on the story. However, as the expansions have come out, they have started to adopt that strategy. And so I think that is this one reason why maybe the culture got set the way that it got set. Uh, but I know Chris is a, a notorious story skipper up until Shadowbringers, and that has changed him forever. Uh, but uh, what do you think, Lucron? Um, what of Warcraft, it does have some really interesting story elements in it. Like if you look and read all the quest texts and some of the side quests, some of it can get really freaking dark and that's kind of cool. Um, but the problem is it's not really emphasized and all of this stuff can happen, but like what you see on screen is normal gameplay like you don't see a whole lot of things happening like some quests some quest uh uh kill targets are they, they don't even say anything when you like go and finish them off and turn into quest but if you look at the quest text like this this could be a whole freaking story arc in and of itself so the writers and the content of the story is there it's just the manner it's delivered is what is lacking and i feel like that's what final fantasy 14 does like in spades because uh like a remember born is kind of generic uh in terms of overall like theme and whatnot but the way it's delivered uh it's done very well to where that that seemingly generic concept is uh uh, the reception of it is a lot better because it's given it's given in small chunks because instead of a giant book to read like right off the get-go when you click the uh, uh, when you click on a quest you got small little segments of it at a time and that's a lot more easier to consume because uh, when you get the giant wall of text it's kind of like information overload it's like uh where mm -hmm. do i start yeah. here you know where you start but it's just like you your eyes see all the lines and you kind of like uh that applies to life as well the like wow was the worst because you had to go <laughs> oh, you had yeah. to go scan that big wall of text because the quest objective was nested inside of it there were so many people who had no idea where man crick's wife was no idea i did i read the quest text and i had to like I had to be the guide. You for had to read the quest text for the quest before it to understand where the battle was that she would have been. Yes. Right. And you can't go back to that quest. You would have had to just know. Yes. So yeah, vanilla. Wow. is very much that. They true. Uh, yeah. 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 They got, they got a lot easier to uh, handle and people, you can literally do all the quests in the game without reading a single line. You just click it, follow where the arrow and look somewhere in the zone, something sparkly there, you know, you got to click it. And then, uh, yeah it's a lot it's a lot easier to just get through the game uh so it is very friendly for like just speeding through 
and getting to the end, which is ultimately where WoW focuses on the most, the end part. So it makes sense for them to do that way. However, I will say their recent expansions, uh, like even all the way back in, I think it was Missing Pandaria as well, they started getting a lot more in depth with the storytelling. They're cut. They had some. They had some cutscenes in game uh, to go through some of the story and they got better they're like what is a drainer i feel like that storytelling was pretty solid in there like there's some characters i really like too bad they kind of just decided to skip that expansion because that had a lot of potential uh despite it had a weird really weird premise to begin with uh because if you deal with time shenanigans in general that's usually a really bad recipe for disaster storytelling wise but they had some good elements into there um and then legion that like their overall storytelling methods they just kept improving and about for azeroth as much as i don't really care much of the expansion i will have to say their storytelling methods they just keep getting better so they all have been have been getting a little bit better at that it's just the, the quality of the story itself personally i love the first two weeks exactly. of bfa the first two weeks of bfa the act of leveling up and exploring those zones and doing the quests and doing the side quests oh, i yeah. really i had a great time uh and i think a, a huge chunk of the community had a great time it was overwhelmingly positively received in those early months we all remember it for what it became but not how it started it started with a smooth launch an incredible story beautiful zones i was having a blast Right up until they told me what Azerite was and that I was going to have to grind a necklace before it <laughs> turned into a cloak. And then I was going to have to have weird rules with the cloak unless I played a lot more. And like, it, that's where it got all confusing. Uh, and so like the loot systems and things like that were frustrating. But if we're just talking about narrative, they've gotten a lot better at revealing the amount of world building that has happened in yes. World of Warcraft. They don't they they can go back and break a lot of their own rules. And so they can go back and frustrate people who have taken the lore very seriously by getting things mm. where it doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, because each expansion is kind of somewhat designed to stand on its own, as opposed to Final Fantasy has been building this one continuous narrative. So every time they change writers, that writer has to remain respectful because they're in a living, breathing, continuous narrative. And Endwalker yes. is going to be the first time we see that brought to a close. And then we start a new chapter. So that's the, that's the first time that a writer gets to come in and say, finally, blank canvas. I have been operating on whatever these previous guys did this whole time. Um, but I will say, like, people say, oh, WoW's story is worse than 14's. And then people come into 14 and they're like, oh, I'm so shocked people skip the story. 14's story is oddly good for the entire genre so i don't think it's weird at all that somebody comes in as an mmorpg player regardless of what mmo they come from and assume that the story is secondary because with the exception of 14 that is very rarely something that people pay attention to to this degree and so that is mm. so it is something that sets 14 apart across the board there's only a handful of other mmos that have even attempted this level of narrative uh most MMOs, it is a secondary component to help add flavor to the meat and potatoes that is the building of my character, the strengthening of my character, the establishment of this world, a cool combat system, interacting with other players, getting cool loot, all these things that are MMORPGs for the thousands of hours we play. This little fraction that is the time we spend narratively is oftentimes ignored by MMOs. So when we compare WoW and 14, it's like, wow, they're so different. Okay, but if you line up every other MMO, Final Fantasy might be asking for a table for one. Like, <laughs> World of Warcraft is going to print out the whole restaurant. They're not alone in that way. It doesn't make them the weird one. Uh, it makes Final Fantasy the odd one out that they've chosen to put this much emphasis on it and that they've done it this well for this long. So I would like to add, uh, and obviously this is from my limited WoW experience, one of the things I really appreciated about when I was playing it was how much exposition and story was delivered to me and voice acting 
while I was actually playing and doing something. It doesn't always have to be delivered 100% that way, but I really enjoyed that about the dungeons and usually about the quests themselves uh, that I was able to get that information. And I think I would have appreciated it more like my, my issue being with WoW is like if I was nostalgic for it, if I had all this, you know, pre-knowledge of it and this investment in it, I think Shadowlands would have been really exciting way more than it was for me as I played it. But I, I was like, man, how cool would it be if like 14 was able to adopt more of that? They've brought in some of it with like the trust system in the dungeons, but you only get that if you do that one piece of content. And I find that one piece of content restricting because rarely do I want to just go play the game solo. I would love it even if I was just bringing in Julie and it's like, hey, let's go run through these dungeons and let's get this, you know, get these additional little lore drops or just have some fun just kind of playing these dungeons by ourselves and leveling up our trust. But the 14 doesn't currently offer that as a functionality to the trust system. And I personally would love to see it. But to question to you guys, uh, Evans asks, PTR spoiler is something that they just hate about WoW. How much of the fact that WoW has a, a, a PTR do you feel that impacts the overall story and why people might not necessarily be so worried about spoilers in WoW as a culture? So the PTR does not give you full access. It's kind of like a media tour each and every time, but with some bosses. So we are seeing some bosses. So you are seeing some kind of trial type reveals, but you're not doing every single quest. You're not doing all of the covenant campaigns. Um, it is still limited uh, to a degree. Um, I think that you do run the risk of, of spoiling things by having any early access whatsoever, but in trade for that, in theory, you're getting feedback. My problem with the PTR at this point is that the PTRs are running so close to the release date of the patch and they are taking in so little of the feedback from the PTR and making a meaningful announcement as to why they are not making changes that are called for. Um, because I don't want it to be like, hey, we asked for this, so you have to change it. Like, we asked for this, you didn't change it, but like, if you're not going to change it, you owe an explanation why, because you put out something and asked for player feedback. And so you either need to make those changes so that it's very apparent that you listened, or you need to at least acknowledge that you listened. And instead, it feels like they just give us early access to a portion of the content, we play it, we complain about it, and then we play it live again for the very same problems. Uh, and so... If you're not going to leverage the player feedback component, then I don't know why you'd reveal any of it early. Hmm. Uh, my, I don't do a whole lot of PTR. I'm going to be honest. So I can't really say a whole lot in terms of this regard because I tend to stay away from PTR because I kind of, I kind of heard that reputation about them of, of you know not really listening to people. So I was like, why play PTR to begin with? And I can just keep progressing my character. But then again, my character is going to get reset anyway when the next stuff comes around. So I guess I lose either way. Um, but in terms of fun, enjoyment and whatnot, I didn't actually start doing the PTR until, was it Legion? My Legion or BFA. I know I did some in BFA. No, it was just BFAs when I finally started jumping. I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll try and see if I'll get my I'll get hurt. Oh, I got hurt. All right. Um, so I play Demonology Warlock and I main Demonology Warlock in there. And I do that in PvP specifically. And that's kind of a rarity because Demonology Warlocks in PvP are kind of a unicorn because of how many things they got to trip over themselves in order to win. Uh, but I, I really like the fantasy of like um, a mass army of like minions going at towards things. So I just wanted to see if I can make it work. And I was making it work in the uh, beta as well for BFA. Uh, I I tested out the uh, Demonology Warlock in the PvP uh, Mugam Bala, the PvP section uh, where everyone was just collaborating and just constantly dueling. Uh, 
I found out Demonology of Warlock was a uh, really strong. Uh, I had like 150 wins and seven losses for a while uh, in dual win losses because I found out one really, really strong lethal combo. And I was like, yeah, Demonology seems a little overtuned. And literally, I think it was a day before launch, the uh, Demonology Warlock got a flat 25% damage reduction across everything. They nerfed a Grim, one of the town's Grimoire Felguard by 75%, and they unsynced its cooldown to where it no longer syncs with Tyrant. And having the Tyrant cooldown sync with it, because I had a combo which was Dreadstalker, summon two dogs, uh, summon Grimoire Felguard, which immediately summoned another Felguard, which stunned the target. And I would immediately cast into Demonic Tyrant, which leached their health and gave it more damage based on how much health it leached. And uh, while they're stunned in there, I was I was just free to summon it. And if they trinketed it, I immediately pressed my main pet stun. So now they had no trinket and they had to sit through it. And then while they're getting slammed, I would throw Mortal Coil out, coil out which would have them uh, in, like kind of incapacitated, but feared, but also wasn't broken in damage. Uh, and so they'd be stuck there. And I would have my main Felgar use, uh, like, it's all, like, it's a talent. It was a big spinny thing that did 400% extra damage <laughs> what it, did, it usually did. So he basically Beybladed people to death from 100 to zero in like four seconds. So that was what I usually did. And then that got completely nerfed and Demonology was struggling ever since the very beginning all the way until what? Corruptions came around, I think, or at least the patch before that. Yeah, I think it was a patch before that. They started finally coming back around, but I, I kind of stopped playing WoW for a bit for Final Fantasy 14. Um Actually, no, that is when I stopped playing well. No, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, I stopped before the corruptions <laughs> dropped. And I was like, yeah, corruption seems a little... They, they, they don't feel like a satisfying win anymore because it's RNG for things. That, but anyway, what are we talking about? <laughs> we were talking about the PTR, the effect that it has impacting on spoilers. So that was an interesting... Like, I was like, I don't... Uh, we, we went into like an area of like, I, I don't know. I've been even see like chat like talking about would a ptr ever come for final fantasy 14 and then over on twitch which is interesting just kind of as a thought uh before we get into kind of this final topic that i want to really kind of pose to you guys i got a special hidden topic for you guys as a post show just everybody hanging out with us and also be sure to like that smash button whenever you get the opportunity here on ginger gaming radio but um the thing is, is that when it comes to spoilers, I think what people are talking about is that people mine data mine the PTR like crazy because those files sure. get checked in. Chris and I have been vehemently against data mining leaks, and we've seen people get bit just recently. And and this is great. I don't want to like you know ruin uh, uh, your experience with the uh, the the game, the community. But there was a mount that was data mined and was believed to be uh, a part of the game. It ends up being a cash shop mount, and it sent. Obviously, the community uh, kind of in the spiral, namely because there was obviously data mine and assumption. So uh, I see that essentially that things can go really wrong with data mining. You can get excited. Mm. And so it's like this weird balance and you haven't got to experience any of that. And that's actually, I think, a really good thing. But it's one of the things that we see happen more often than not to the point where it was data mine that we were going to get flying in ARR uh, or, you know, it is assumed that we were going to get that. Chris is like, guys, like if it happens, great. However, don't rest everything on it because it might not be now. It might be, you know, later we see that and it, and it happens, which is like, yay. And there was like, you're an idiot. It's like, no, trust me. That is the exception to the rule of people getting mad on the internet for things that they assumed. And, uh, and that just is something where I would think 14 shouldn't have it. If they ever do, if they ever do, I would recommend 
if I was running a studio and I had the ability, PTR would be literally on a streaming, uh, you know, platform. They would team up with GeForce Now or with Stadia. Well, and that's just, a new technology. And right? as a new technology, it's meaning the, that you would never have access to the files, but you could still access the, the client test it etc but then you wouldn't but then the question is is that would people even really go test it because it's like i think there's probably a the bigger testing community is like more interested in trying to gain whatever they can get out of it what do you think chris i mean so we went to the media tour for shadowbringers which is the closest i've been to a ptr experience for 14 because that's the closest they let it get um i've played on ptrs for a while for uh early access to upcoming expansions uh as well as for individual patches and um for me, what early access to a game is there to do is to help me make decisions that I can't make without that content. It's not to gorge myself on content that I'm going to now have to re-clear again with less context. So I don't want early access to anything that's story related because I don't want to do I, like I already in many games don't like clearing the story once. I don't want to clear it twice. Uh, yeah. and, and I definitely don't <laughs> want to clear it with partial context where I'm like, oh, that's cool. But then, it, and then that yeah. spoils that moment when doing it in the entire game, that moment means so much more because of additional context that was lacking in the early access. And so mm. I think you're taking something away from it. Um, and so I don't traditionally like seeing the battle content because I don't really enjoy clearing things and not getting loot so that I can clear them again and get loot. That's one of the problems with RNG style systems is that it's very frustrating to prog a boss and then not get anything worthwhile and then have to prog that boss again. And so the idea that people would opt into a system that's designed like that from the get-go, I'm glad they're doing it. I don't have any interest. Um, and so what I use early access for is to tell me if I'm going to, if I should play a game um, or to tell me about things that I'm concerned about. So like for Shadowlands, for example, I hopped into the PTR specifically to test out all the changes they were making to crafting because they were making some substantial changes because of the way leveling changed, crafting had to change drastically. And so they were introducing this system called uh, Time Warner Artifacts, I think what they're called, uh, where you make these artifacts that basically assign an item level to a crafted item because basically the entire crafting system broke when they changed the way all the expansions are now scaled to your level. And so there aren't there, the, the expansions don't have to be done in order anymore. So it's weird if the crafting professions are still done in order. And so I wanted to try that system out and there was all this speculation that there would be like a money making and then they nerfed it to where it was like a money loss. And like, and there was all, and I wanted to go take a part in that conversation while I was at it. I wanted to try out the new new player experience because I was fascinated by it. And then I stopped. I didn't go do any open world questing. I didn't see what my class felt like at max level because I don't care because it's going to be there. Um, and so I trust that people who do have stronger, more well-versed opinions are testing that and offering feedback. They're going to offer better feedback than me anyway. And so that's what I want access to. Um, the media tour, on the other hand, it does all that for me. The story was stripped. Uh, there wasn't access to like trial fights. We got to go run like one dungeon. Yep. We got to run it with a trust and with other players. And also not at level cap. Well, the open world, we were playing at level cap. It was the dungeon was like the, 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 the point three dungeon or whatever, like meaning. Yeah. They, they yeah. browsed down. We synced. They browsed yeah, down. 73. Synced. Yeah. And so we're level 80 characters naturally kind of sink down. And it just like, I got access to exactly what I wanted. I just wanted to see what are the answers to the questions that are concerning people, myself included. And am I still excited about this? And if I am, great, then I'm done. Uh, and so we only got access to that media tour footage for like six or eight hours. Uh, and then we logged off and we were done. 
that's enough for me. Like I didn't want more time. Um, sometimes you see content creators or if you pre-order a game or something like that, you get these like two weeks of access and they delete it. I never need that long yeah. because I don't want to put any more time in a PTR or beta state to get deleted than I need to, yeah. to make an informed decision. Somebody's like, are you going to play the uh, new world open beta? It's like, no, I've, I'm pre-ordered. I'm in, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to play on the 28th and I don't feel like leveling up just to do that all over again on the 28th. I'm ready and I'm excited for the 28th for new world because my character finally is my character. My investment is my investment and I'm very much looking for that experience. Now I do want to shift the topic, uh, to kind of our final discussion here. Um, Lucron, have you heard of this new 14 streamer, uh, Asmongold and his buddy, Rich? Oh, I've never heard of them. Never. <clears throat> oh, they were having yeah, a lot of fun yeah, last I've, night. I've never Rich was. ever heard of them. <laughs> I would love to know because you said like, especially at the start of the show, like you are on this island of like, you know, invulnerability, like you're just protected. However, I would have to assume that on your island, protected from spoilers in the 14 community, that some a bottle of with a note that has floated your way and you have learned that Asmongold and, and, and Rich uh, are playing Final Fantasy 14. Do you have any thoughts on that as a former WoW player, as somebody who, I guess, technically paved the way along with like others like uh, Zeppla and other content creators? But what, what's your what's your take? I honestly think it's pretty neat how happy he seems compared to before uh, like in what anytime wow comes up it just feels like anyone when they talk about it they're just it's just a, a whole bunch of rage and anger and i'm like wow i'm i feel i feel like i dodged a bullet there leaving when i did um but um it just i just think it's real nice to see them actually enjoying a game because i feel like it's kind of been a uh it's kind of been a bit of a trend to just be constantly on a hate train, especially with WoW, because I've noticed that it's just been nothing but anger for a while. And it's nice to have them get at least a reset. Like, I know they mentioned uh, that they'll, like, or at least some of them mentioned uh, that they'll go back to WoW if it gets better or whatnot, if Blizzard finally listens or something like that. Um, so I don't know if they'll stay for Final Fantasy 14, but even then, I do believe they'll st at least be able to, like clear their content. And they and from what I've been hearing, uh, people keep mentioning Final Fantasy 14 has bad content droughts, but I've also played Warlords of Drainer, and I'm like, I find that hard to believe. So uh, if there is this so-called like content drought where you can everyone clears the stuff and they don't have anything to do. To my knowledge, uh, Square Enix supports that, and so that they like the let me step back for a second. Square Enix supports the idea of being able to play other games during that downtime because as long as they come back, it's about all that matters. Because they would, uh, seem to care about delivering a quality product instead of just appealing to trying to appeal to the masses or leech as much money as possible all the freaking time. Um, so I do like that idea because I know there's a lot of things I would like to play. So considering the pace that I play Final Fantasy 14, don't think I'm going to be getting around to the whole quitting Final Fantasy 14 point, but um, or at least taking a break from it because there's a lot in this game. There's a lot to do in Final Fantasy 14. I've been trying for that necromancer thing for so long now. Holy heck. Um, so that by itself is something that, that could keep me occupied. Uh, and I am one of the apparently few unicorns that actually like playing the pvp in this game so there's mm -hmm. that as long as other people queue it as long right as now that, no there's it's more than five minutes <laughs> yeah pvp is popping <laughs> right now but that's the thing i was going to bring up with is like i think and i'm really hopeful for the pvp changes that they talked about uh which you probably haven't seen in all their the new pvp mode or whatever's coming 
Uh, it's not spoilery, but being that you're on your island and you don't know what's happening, uh, they're they're. If I'm going to be honest, go ahead. If I'm going to be honest, the only PvP community I remotely am familiar with is the PvP community. I've done 880 front lines on my character right now, and I am in that PvP Discord. I just never talk with anyone. I just, I just He's on his island. look and see what people. Yeah, I, I don't really interact. I'm really good at anti being antisocial, but I have been aware of the whole PvP things and the rumors about things uh, happening in the PvP scene. Some people are saying that Feast will be deleted. I don't think that's like true. <laughs> well, they're not lying. They're uh, not wrong. If Yoshi P has stated that if the new mode is good and it's like what they want, then yes, like you could see them basically replacing. You consider it replacing Feast. Yeah. So okay. that, but they're going to have okay, to wait so to see how it's received. And that my point on the PVP, and I want to, I want to jump back to you here in a sec, is that I think when we talk about content routes, Chili talked about it. It's like really for the, for the hardcore savage raider who only does like savage and ultimates. Like if you're not, you know, and, and it's fine. Like Yoshi P says, take a break. And I think that's, that's healthy. I think for me as a, as a player, I'm hopeful that the PVP modes really help foster and feed the PVP community. Cause I've always gone outside of uh, final fantasy 14 for my PVP fix, especially when queue times aren't popping off. But the fact that they are now has me excited to kind of jump back into it. Cause I, I enjoy PVP and I love that the PVP community is, is growing and I hope that they get fed in Endwalker. But you were going to make another point, uh, Lucron. Go ahead. I forgot what the point was. That's how I do it. <laughs> Asmin and Rich. Asmin and Rich. Um, <laughs> oh. yeah. Rich was doing Ultimate last night. And I will say that it's a reminder. And Asmin's done a fashion show and, like, like you know, kind of like his, his mount offs that he's done in, in WoW. So, like, as far as content drought, um, bringing people over who are used to dealing with expansions that literally just didn't release patch content. Like Warlords of Draenor had two patches and only one of those had a braid. Um, so like <laughs> it's yeah, <laughs> people who are used to dealing with content droughts or pieces of content that they don't enjoy. Um, we should see a huge amount of inspiration as far as additional ways to enjoy the drought. Um, we've seen it in the community. We have people who basically sit in content. Um, Ren, for example, has cleared uh, Ucob, I think he said 411 times now. Uh, so for people who are looking Jeez. for that one ultimate clear, uh, that's why he can like talk his way through it backward while he's kind of doing raid callouts because he's seen that content so many times. Um, Jeez. People doing minimum item level, seeing things like tank cop, where they're doing eight tank pulls of Ucob, and they they have gotten a clear doing that before. Uh, right now they're working through the Eden Savage series uh, as eight tanks. So last night they were working on E7. They've already done one through six. So making the Savage clears, like people find ways to make content out of this game. And what I'm excited about with content creators coming in of this size is that um, it's put additional interest on this collaborative state because you have a large audience around somebody new who is interested in tackling things with veterans. And so you had a party last night that was just stacked with, you know, Mr. Happy and Lama Todd and Ren and Momo and Grimlo. And like, and you just, you have this full stacked party where you've got seven brilliant players, you know, some of which are content creators. I don't think of like Leon as a content creator, but very talented player. You see these people that are talented players, and then you're tossing them in with somebody who's never seen this before. Um, and it results in like really neat content. So 
what I'm excited about is this kind of collaborative thing that's coming out of it. It's much more sustainable than, oh, I hope their community does well, or I hope existing communities do well. No, 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 no. One big Final Fantasy XIV community and like all of this stuff going on simultaneously is really, really exciting to see. So uh, the question to Chris here, uh, do you think YouTube's going to write Asmund that $20 million check and have him uh, jump over from Twitch? <laughs> um, uh, I saw that video and I was like, that is, it's so fascinating when it went like outside of just 14 as a whole, but the shift in Twitch is somewhat uh, like I'm seeing right now as the shift in uh, Final Fantasy and MMOs in general with WoW. I, the question is, is will it maintain itself? there's two giant experiments going on right now. And it's fascinating to kind of see and hear Asmund talk about that open and honestly, but they're not just buying one creator, right? right? They bought right. a network of creators. And so it wouldn't be Asmund getting a check. They would have to bring over OTK, all of OTK yeah, in one fell swoop. And that check gets really big. Right. I mean, just $20 million regardless is what he said for himself. And then you have to think about the the OTK. What do you think, uh, Lucran? Are you following any of that, uh, the the whole Twitch business in and of itself? Uh, not necessarily. I did read a small bit of it, uh, and I was like, "Huh." So there's another exodus happening somewhere, I guess. Um, but if I remember right, didn't eh, no? I guess that's a different topic altogether. I was gonna mention Ninja moving to Mixer, but uh, it's uh, in a way it's like similar. A but it's like when you look at this one though, it's kind of where. Like if all of a sudden everybody left WoW and started playing Hello Kitty Island Adventure, and it's like, oh yeah, they're going to be back. Like it's so different. Um, where in YouTube gaming's perspective, essentially the debate ends up being uh, YouTube has the people. Mixer didn't have the people. They were trying to buy the people, and people were like, I'm I'm fine here on Twitch. I'm fine here on YouTube. Um, but YouTube doesn't have the tech the tools. They have the technology for the video, and so essentially what Asmund was saying is that how hard is it to build out a good chat? Like how hard is it to build out the features that are lacking, especially it just like, just like what, like it's a great, this is a really great parallel to wow. Right. Where, especially where wow relies on uh, people to make add-ons. And then what I, my appreciation of it is like, I didn't realize how spoiled I was with 14's HUD and different systems because all of a sudden it's like, Oh, it does that. And then I went over to wow. And it's like, you had to, download this add-on and i was like oh it's so cool that they let people do this and then you kind of have this curated pristine experience uh, within you know final fantasy 14 sure you might miss out on a little bit of that flexibility but it does make it easy to just jump on and play the game it does i don't think these tools are about any one of them being hard I think Twitch has been building out their chat integrations, their community tools, what a content creator and a viewer experience from two separate viewpoints, but with a set of tools that are sometimes shared, sometimes different for 10 years now. And so there are 10 years of not that hard. And so, you know, my wife and I live in a very old house. Our house is um, older than older than my parents. And so, um, which I'm sure they'd love to be called old. So, they, my dad came over and he's a contractor for a huge number of years and then went and worked as kind of on the corporate side, helping like plan out laying cable and stuff for at t So he's worked around like all scales of construction. Um, and he came in and he pointed at all the things wrong with my house, which is a delightful first impression from your parents. You just made the largest purchase of your life. Here's what's wrong. Here's what's wrong. Here's what's wrong. Here's what's wrong. But don't worry. 20 minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, one hour, 40 minutes, 30 minutes. 
all of these are under 20 or $30, no big deal. But he did that for every room in my house. And when you add up all these small changes with yes, numbers that are 20 and $30 compared to Google's income, it was thousands of dollars and thousands of hours. And so like, yes, chat shouldn't be that hard. Emotes shouldn't be that hard. Gifting shubs shouldn't be that hard. Finding something for YouTube premium or partnership or something where you have something to take on the prime subscriptions shouldn't be hard. Like all these things on their own, each individual feature should be well within Google's capabilities, but they have 10 years of minor tasks to upgrade to their streaming before they can take on Twitch from a tools standpoint. Hmm. Yeah. It's interesting. It's just something that is like happening right as we speak. Either history is being made or uh, more lessons will be ultimately learned. I think this is kind of round two um, with essentially somebody who's like a little bit, you know, in Twitch's uh, weight class when it comes oh, to yes. like, you know, like, okay, what Mixer really was kind of this Hail Mary for, uh, you know, for Microsoft. And then, then, then they said, nope, we, that, that pass did not connect. And now we're kind of looking at uh, like, is pulling in those communities the right thing? I th I still think something big is coming to YouTube. Uh, YouTube Hope gaming so. overall, they said like 18 months ago, we're going to be working on all these features. And uh, I think there was originally planned to do a VidCon in, in October. And so typically that's when some of these like bigger announcements get made. So who knows that got canceled, obviously due to COVID, but um, maybe they'll still have like, you know, those, those updates ready to roll out or something to share with the content creator community. Cause more competition for our time space and, and platform uh, benefits. I think everybody, the viewer benefits, the creator Maybe not the platform, but the platform hopefully can start yeah. to, you know. They're forced to get better. They, yeah, they're forced to get better. It's like a physical <laughs> trainer, right? You don't like the guy, but you are getting better. You're, you're so paying, like, you're, but you're so, paying him so, so like, you show up. Yeah. Twitch and, Twitch and YouTube, they, they are getting stronger. They are getting more resilient. And as a result of each other, they are spreading the gap between them and any new players like a mixer coming in and throwing a Hail Mary. They are more Hail Mary proof um, as a result of each other. Uh, so they are, mm. they are becoming better as a result of each other. Absolutely. All right, uh, Lucron, dude, um, we're going to do a little special segment that uh, Chad had asked uh, prior to you coming on the show here in the post show. Uh, but before we dive into kind of the e exit, where can people find you? What do you got uh, that you want to share with the, the world? The floor is yours. Uh, well, I play on Ultros on Primal. Uh, you, I, I'm usually off somewhere in the middle of the forest in a place in Stormblood gathering crystals, I guess. Half AFK, so if you uh, do whisper me, probably won't respond until probably like 30 minutes later, and I apologize in advance if you do. Uh, and uh, just in general, have fun, be nice, uh, be be good to each other. Uh, no spoilers, don't click links. By the way, don't, yeah, the, the link thing, uh, the, 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 the scammers are getting smarter, by the way. I still get people uh, doing comments on my whole hacked experience in the past to this day who are still, get, who are still getting getting fooled by these things because they're adapting. They're making it more believable. They're becoming don't smarter. Click <laughs> oh, don't click links. All yeah. right, Chris, what about you, man? What you got? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm getting a, a, a day off tomorrow, but I will say like Lucron's inspired me to start working on some um, bigger hitting content. So start taking on a little more time in the editing booth and like take on something a little more effort driven I guess for lack of a better term, uh, not that like sharing what we know about the game and, and streaming all this time in the week is like not without effort, but um, I don't know, take on something more, I guess, mature in that way. Like, I don't know the word, but uh, your, your content quality 
I've been thinking about doing it for a long time. We watched one of your videos earlier this week and I was like, I really just need to step it up. Like you just got to do it. Uh, sitting here thinking wow. about doing it doesn't get it done. So yes. thank you, sir. That, that is true. Actually, the longest part of the process is thinking about the creative stuff. So like in my intros and outros, my intro in particular, like the whole playthrough, I can get done and edited in a day. But the intros, I take like two or three days just thinking about it. And sometimes what I end up thinking, like coming to a conclusion to, I don't like in the end. And that's when it gets super delayed. So the whole hardest part is the creative process. Just thinking about the jokes or if you do jokes or some type of creative content and whatnot. That's the hard part if you ask me. So I, I do I do give it, uh, wish you all the best if you do uh, go that route. Just uh just i just hope you have someone to be able to bounce off ideas from because that does help a lot with the creative process because trying to be creative all the time is really difficult all uh, right so yeah absolutely dude keep up the awesome work and then those for who are watching here uh, on live stick around we've got a special little segment if you're listening to mp3 audio of this recording you can always go to ginger gaming radio and check out what happens before the show and what happens after the show if you're so inclined thanks so much for being here lucron thank you chris and for Crystal Core Radio, my name's Brian. This has been a podcast among history. This has been one of those legendary shows that you had to be here. I'm hyping it up at the end. That's how we roll here at Ginger Game Radio. Thanks for watching it. We love you guys. We'll see you soon. Take care.